Welcome to the Uncomfortable Truth Podcast, hosted by the rock star of consulting, Alan Weiss. Be prepared to have your beliefs challenged and your behaviors questioned. My guest today is Noah Kagan, one of the greatest entrepreneurs I have ever met. And uh, some time ago, I don't know when, Noah says to me, uh, he, he approached me and he said, you know, would you be on my podcast? I said, Sure. And, you know, 30 seconds after that, you know, all my numbers lit up. Uh, most recently, he had me on a program with, uh, I guess it was uh, 80 retired and a millionaire. Two of those three categories, I don't fit, but it was a great, great time. And again, the numbers just lit up. Uh, Noah Kagan was number 30 at Facebook, number four at Mint, and has since created four, count them, four multi-million dollar businesses. He founded AppSumo.com, which are daily deals for entrepreneurs. He's got a popular YouTube channel, and he seems to be known by every person you meet on the street. Noah, what, give me a give me a, an estimate here. What's the followership you have? How many people you reach in, in this universe? I don't know, man. I don't know. A few million people a month seem to come across something I put out there to, to try to help. My, my stuff is trying to help young entrepreneurs. I call them the underdogs uh, on, their, on their career entrepreneur journey. What, what attracted you to that? I don't know. I think I just felt so doubted. I felt so like... Um, like, I don't know if I'm going to swear, but I felt like Silicon Valley where I came. I grew up like, you know, a few miles from from Apple. I worked at Intel. I worked directly for Zuckerberg. I just had all these like kind of negative experiences where I was like, screw <laughs> these fucking people. Um, and I think that, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, how do I create some opportunity or share what I've been able to learn or what, I, you know, the challenges I faced with a lot of other people that are trying to figure it out and provide that kind of elite knowledge that I got to experience with the, with the masses. So it's been, um, yeah, it's been interesting. So did you set out to, to create eight-figure companies because you felt that was a, you wanted to show that could be done, or did that just happen as you were pursuing this attempt to help other people? I think the beginning, it was to pr try to prove that I wasn't, that I was worthy. Huh. Money, know, was the, money was the metric. Yeah, it was like, hey, these guys fired you. I got fired by Facebook early on, which I published, and actually people like resonated with it. And then I got fired or quit at mint.com, and that didn't work. And then Facebook then banned my next company and we were sued. And it was just like, Jesus, man, like I need to catch a break here. And like, I really wanted to prove them wrong. Like they made a mistake. And you know, it's, it's great. You got it. You know, I, I love this line. I think, I don't know if you've probably, maybe I learned it from you, Alan, a lot of good stuff I've learned from you. It was like, if you want to put a, a, you know, get a chip on your shoulder so you can put a chip, you know, some chips in your pocket. And um, <laughs> it I wasn't, I it wasn't me, but I'll copy it. Yeah. Take it, take it. Um, you know, and I, you know, I, I think I wanted to prove these people wrong and I grew up wanting to be rich. I just didn't know how I was supposed to do it. And also, I think with the problems with getting rich this is something that people don't talk about. They don't talk about how you're going to spend it. Like people are like, I want to get rich. I'm like, what are you going to spend it on? Like I, I drive a 2004 Miata, $6,000. Like it's not, you know, I do have a nice house and then these things, but I think you have to figure out like, what are you working towards? And when I was 30, I was just like, I'm going to move to Austin, Texas. I'm going to leave California. This is 2010. And I just, you know, let me look at breadcrumbs of the career. And the career was like, you like marketing a lot. You like deals and you like software. And so that's kind of, and I started AppSumo not to make a lot of money really at that point. It was just like, can I just finally fucking do something I just really like with people I like and I can just show up every day and, and enjoy what I get to work on. Um, and I didn't make money for a few years. And then I started making millions like a few years later. The company did really well instantly, which is a whole separate story. But then personally, I didn't even get paid probably until about five years in really. Now I've only been fired once. So compared to you, I'm nobody, but I've always felt... <laughs> that wealth is discretionary time, uh, you know, like money's nice fuel, you know, it's nice to have money, but wealth is being able to do what you want, go where you want, when you want, with nobody else pointing a finger. How do you feel about that? 
I think wealth, it's interesting because I've come back to be CEO of AppSumo, which is a whole nother story. But I think wealth to me lately is just ordering whatever groceries you want. <laughs> like, I'm like, I want the probiotic soda. Okay, get two. You know, or buying like, I for some reason, I like this Fiji water bottle shit. Like, I don't know. Like, and I actually refill it a lot of the times in my sink. But for me, it, 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 the <laughs> idea I can, go, I can go to, you know, I have a date. I have a date next week. She's coming. Uh, she's coming here. I was like, you know what? First class ticket. No problem. And I think there is about the, something about the time thing, but I found work and working actually makes me feel really good about myself. I think wealth a lot of the times is just not having to consider the money and the choices I want to make. You're not worried she's coming just because you're rich, right? No, she's been trying to pay for all these things. It's actually been a problem. Uh huh. Um, I do have a Jewish mother, Alan, and uh, I will tell you, she's always like, you know, I liked your ex a lot, but she didn't pay for enough things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she didn't pay for enough. I'm like, shut up, mom. Like, let me be, let me live on. But then, no, this lady, uh, I wish I haven't been getting enough gold diggers. So if there's gold diggers are out there, you, you want more? Up, you are okay. I'll more. I have a gold digger. You know, it's you know. I think with the gold digger, it's a transaction of sorts. It's like, and it's not that I've won a bunch of gold diggers, but you know, <laughs> hey, if you're a really interesting woman and you have a good personality and you're driven in some different ways and you provide, you know, what you're able to do and nurture and stuff, and maybe I can help out financially and resources. Like, I, I think there's got a weird stigma of it if you do it in a very like creepy way, but I think that's how relationships are. Like you have a wife that you've been with a very long time and you provide something for her in many ways and she does the same for you. You know the difference between Jewish guilt and Catholic guilt? <laughs> The Jews invented guilt, but the Catholics perfected it. And I've been on, I've been on both sides of that desk. Let me tell you something. Yeah, uh, listen, how do you choose people for your offerings, your podcasts, your promotions? I mean, whom do you choose? Like, what what is it spur of the moment? Or you say, well, this is this person sort of the uh, grooves with my philosophy. How does that work? And specifically with like content creation and building my personal brand stuff and building my, that audience and community. Well, you associate with some people. I mean, obviously, and like you, like you did the, the video with, with four millionaires, whatever that was. And so, and so what attracts you to certain personalities? Yeah, I think, well, for me, taking a step back on, on this is a whole separate, like we can go hours on this, but on content creation specifically, it's working backwards from a goal. So my mm -hmm. YouTube, YouTube is my number one goal for my personal stuff. And it's to get 500,000 subscribers. So we're optimized around what content will reach the largest amount of people that we want to appeal to, which we call the underdogs. So they're any age, generally male, uh, starting out in their entrepreneurship journey, whether they're old, super old, you know, hundred or whether, you know, 15. And so it's creating content that will serve them like Mr. Beast, like we'll never do any of his content, but we can maybe take some of the ways he does it and apply it to the business, uh, business category. Now, in terms of who I specifically look at, look at one thing that I will say, and I think this doesn't get talked about enough is Put yourself in categories or careers or jobs where you get to meet interesting people as a byproduct. And that's been so special about like, I've been blogging since 2000. And it, the number one thing is like, it kind of put me in a lot of places where I like, I met Tim Ferriss early on. I read your book in college. And then it made me, cause I have a podcast. I reached out to you and with the YouTube channel, it's just a product of the content we're creating. So it's like, who are the most interesting people we could be meeting that will help serve this audience. So like recently I got to meet the founder of Kinko's. Remember Kinko's copier? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I met him. We met the founder of uh, Qualcomm. Wow. Just like, and I think it's, I... I think that's in terms of the, the content, it's who has done something personally. I find interesting. I think people get wrong a lot of the times. I think they want to meet the most famous and that's not always the most interesting. You know, it's interesting to me how uh, people on, on my broadcast here who are, who I really admire. Those are the people I have on are consistent about several things. So uh, a week or two ago, I'm talking to Dan Pink the same way. Oh, wow. And 
And uh, Dan Pink tells me, I said, well, how do you choose what you're going to write about? He says, I choose subjects that I need to learn about. And those are the books I write. It's the same kind of thing. I, you know, you choose people who you want to learn about, who you want to be with. It's fascinating. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot. There's all there's a lot of guys lately that people will talk about online that I just have zero interest in. Yeah. And then, yes, we'll get views and all stuff. I just I'm like, I'm only living once. I got 40 years more left. I'm like, I got to do in the things that I'm interested in. So I'm going to give you the names of three people. I just want an initial 20 second reaction to each of these three. OK, first name, Jeff Bezos. I love it. I mean, Jeff's just the total stud of the year. Uh, Jeff's amazing. A um, lot of admiration for him. Okay, good. Thank you. Okay, second name, Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, same. Uh, read her. I read her book recently about, she had like a book of like kind of short stories. I think if you actually, I, I think with anything, with anyone out there, we make all these judgments regardless whether you like them, pro, negative, liberal, conservative. But if you actually read a little of their stories, I think you change your perspective. And Oprah's was like, what a come up story. What a development story. Um, really interesting career. All right. The third person, Elon Musk. I don't know. I think Elon is, is amazing. I think uh, as a society, one thing to realize that I just want to remind myself and really anyone out there in a thousand years, no one will know his name. And the amount of like adoration we spend on him is, is probably a little bit too much, but he's done a, mate, a lot of mate. I have a Tesla. I use Twitter all the time. Um, I think he's building a lot of really interesting things for society, but I think everyone should, should really think about themselves, their community, the audiences that they want to help um, and, and focus on that. Uh, you talk in one of your many podcasts about uh, $500 side hustles from your phone. So is that is that aimed at the underdog? Is that saying, hey, look, or is that it? Yeah, it is. Or t tell me about that. Uh, let me pull it up. You know, I think what it is is that um, I don't I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if it's like what people need to be motivated. Like, I'm just hungry for money still. Like, I still... I did a YouTube live stream last week. Someone gave me 20 bucks and I, you can't, but like, you know, I'm still super excited about that. And I think, it's really oh, interesting. you know, I, I like it. I like it. I'm like, this is cool. Like it's, it's a validation. It's, you know, it's, I'm helping them. They're getting some value of it. They're, they're getting, you know, in terms of these side hustle, I think what I'm really trying to show people, I'm really trying to give you tactics. Like there's mindset stuff, right? Cause there's so many business books out there, but people still aren't doing it. So there's obviously some mindset stuff that's happening and we, we can talk about that if you want. But then sub subsequently, once you have the mindset, I'm like, yo, literally from your phone, you don't, people are always like, no, you have a network. All right, let's get rid of the network. Let's get rid of everything from a phone, which everyone has. You can make money right now today if you're willing to put in the work. And I just want to make it like a no brainer for people to start taking that action. So the people you're calling underdogs, and some people might call them neophytes or, you know, aspirants or whatever. But these people, you know, I have found as I've coached people all over the world that one of the great problems is self-esteem. And because they have low self-esteem, they're afraid to call people. They're afraid to ask for things. They're afraid to ask for referrals. They're afraid to blow their own horn and say, look, I can really help you. Tell me tell me your experience. Does that sound right? Do you have a different one? The two biggest problems holding people back from entrepreneurial and really life and, and success, but let's just talk about specifically professionally, not even an entrepreneur, even in career, is two things, starting and asking. Mm. That's it. I've You know, I've been doing the the starting and asking for 20 years. And I've through AppSumo.com, we have a course monthly 1K, which people don't have to buy. I'll just tell you all about it right here. But really it's like, I've seen tens of thousands of people and I put all these videos, all this stuff. It's really just the start and the ask. Like the, how many books are out there? How many YouTube videos are out there? How many courses are out there that are like, here's step-by-step dropship. Here's step-by-step course. Here's step-by-step coach. <laughs> Even your book, you have a book for $15. Everyone can make a million dollars from. That's right. But then, and you, you literally, it's out there. Your, your secrets and your, it's not even a secret anymore because you can buy it. So then what's holding them back? It's starting and asking. So starting really is just 
not giving yourself time to be afraid. So give, I generally call it the million dollar weekend is, is a book I'm coming out with next year. And it's basically don't give yourself more than a weekend or 48 hours to take decisions because you'll expand ideas and you'll get discouraged and you'll ask them for their opinion and they'll say it won't work. And then the second thing is asking. And I think asking is a few different ways of looking at it. Um, as much as people hate or like Donald Trump, he has his book, Art of the Deal. And I think one of the things that was really powerful about it is that in asking, the upside is unlimited and the downside is zero. The downside is your ego. And so what I encourage people to do is how do we start thinking of it as experiments? And then how do we start using small asks? Like just like a muscle, like a gym, like anything. Like you're, you're I think you're a phenomenal writer and you're like, I write a lot. That's why I'm great at it. <laughs> and you studied it. And so I think the same thing goes for asking is like separating yourself from the rejection and then start thinking about small asks you can do. Like one of the ones I've always talked about is the coffee challenge. So whenever you go really buying anything, but coffee is just, it's kind of uh, ubiquitous across the world. You go to buy coffee and you say, hey, can I get 10% off? And they're going to like, why? And you're like, I don't know. This guy Noah said I should try it. And you're going to get rejected. And you'll be like, oh, that was cool asking for something. Yeah, yeah, I'm still alive, right? Yeah, you're alive. And then sometimes you'll actually get it, which people then start getting too obsessed with asking. And then you can, that, that's scary for people. They're like, a lot of people will hear this and I'll challenge every single one of them to go do it and just see what you learn about yourself really more than anything. And then there's smaller asks. So like starter asks is, is a time. So just go to anyone and be like, hey, what time is it? That's a starter ask. And a lot of my videos, ah. if you, you know, just ask for time, you can do compliments. Hey, I just wanted to give you a comment. I really like your hat. That's it. Walk away. <laughs> um, and the more you do that, really business, I mean, Alan, you've been doing this a very long time. All businesses ask. I'm asking for money in exchange for this. And then if they don't want it, great. Ask them for something else. Uh, and in my videos, like the videos that have gone really viral, um, you know, your video went extremely viral. But one of the, the other videos is just me knocking on people's doors, asking what they do for a living, going up to yachts, asking them like how they afforded the yacht. <laughs> I'm doing one, oh, man, I really don't want to do it. But like, and it's pretty interesting. I'm going up to, uh, I'm going to stand outside a private airport and see if someone will take me on their jet. <laughs> <laughs> so look, and, and the, the thing is like, it's entertaining and it's fascinating what these people do for a living. That's a whole separate thing. But I think when people see me actually doing it too, they're like, oh, he's not better. And I'm not, I'm not that much better than any of them. I'm just doing it. You know, so I want to start practicing that. Yeah. One of the things you said that was really, really, really important, and that is that, you know, I talk about risk reward. Uh, Talib in his anti-fragile talks about upside, downside. You said the exact same thing. People overestimate the downside every time. The downside is often zero. That's what you said. And it's often zero or it's negligible. But people see a downside as some, some monster under the bed. And so they don't act. And I, I think that is a self-esteem issue. Uh, are you optimistic or pessimistic? about society right now? Uh, I'll just tell you what I'm doing, not what I'm saying. So in my business, I'm planning for a 15% decline in our revenue in the upcoming year. And I'm optimistically hoping we break even or we have a, a flat revenue growth for the upcoming year. I think, so that, that's what I'm doing. I, what, I, what I think is that things that are valuable will stand the test of time. And if things are declining, it's because you're not valuable right now. People don't need you. They're still eating. They're still subscribing to Netflix. They're still... I don't know, going to the mall. I don't know if people go to malls. They're still buying on online malls. And so I think in, in business specifically, it's figuring out what is more valuable today and how do I get closer to the money? How do I help people save money and be closer to that? Like a great example of that is this company called Vendor or even AppSumo, but Vendor is a company that literally they save you money on your, your, your recurring software bills and then you get paid if they save you money. That's going to do really well right now. AppSumo.com, like we help you cut your subscription software and get software deals. We should be doing excellent. And, you know, for some of our own mistakes, which is a separate story. So I, I think the, the, the thing I, I try to come back to about optimistic or pessimistic is more just solution oriented. So like I, uh, a friend of mine is getting, he turned 40 and he's worried about his skin. 
And I think a lot of us are like getting older and we're worried about our skin. Um, or I, I got a concussion a while ago. And what I liked about his attitude, I, I try to remind myself, regardless of optimistic or pessimistic, is solutionific. <laughs> solutionific, I guess would be the idea, which is he's like, well, I'm going to go research skin. I'm going to look up YouTube videos. I'm going to try to talk to a dermatologist. I'm going to try to talk to friends that have good skin that are older and come up with a plan. And so I think that's really just more of the mindset, like whether it's good or bad, like how are you perceiving the experience and looking at looking for solutions? I, I think people have been um, subconsciously defeated by COVID. I think there's less energy. Uh, I think there's less opportunism. There's less innovation. People talk a good game, but it's almost like a technical knockout in the ring. Guy's still on his feet and the ref says, I'm sorry, you're done. Uh, yeah. And I think COVID has had a profound emotional and psychological effect on people because it's made them feel more powerless than ever. And I think what you do, for example, is you give people hope. You give people pragmatic ideas on how to improve. And so I think that's a solution. It'll never go out of style. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, there's still a lot of amazing people out there. Like I work with a lot of them. And I, I you know, one of the things you asked me about, how do I, who do I put on the shows and stuff? You know, I, I still reach out to people regularly, like on Twitter, on YouTube, on Instagram, that I just find doing inspiring things. So I, I, I think I would either consume inspiring material or be around others. We are like, wow, this, this guy, girl uh, is doing something really special. And I, I want to be around it because that, that is also going to motivate you uh, to keep going. Yeah, I, th I well, I think it's true. I, I mean, this might sound somewhat pessimistic, but, you know, when I was younger, you had to fight to be ahead of the crowd, to stand out from the crowd. You had to fight. You had to be good. You had to be better. Today, I feel, you know, I can stand in one place and the crowd just recedes. It's sort of, it's sort of a different kind of society today. And uh, and so I, I find that I push myself because uh, I'm competing with myself and I'm not competing so much with other people. I just don't feel that 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 action there anymore. Uh, and it's interesting that you're planning for either a loss or hopefully a break even. Planning for a loss stretch goal is break even. And, you know, with with profit, to be clear, like I'm planning on still making a profit in the business. Um, I, I one my, my higher level thought, not higher level than what you're saying, but just like I guess a parallel thought is the bar for success. What you're saying, though, is the bar for success is even easier. And I, oh, I think yeah. it's more true than ever. Like you literally just have to put in a tiny bit more effort and you can get whatever you want. It doesn't have to just be money. Uh, just even the people I've hired, like there's this guy named Cam from London. He just sent me a very nice video saying, hey, I've seen your videos. Here's a video I edited that I think can be really great of yours. And I'd love to work for you for free. And if you like me, uh, you can hire me. And now he makes a high six figures. And so he put in, but I'll tell you, every day I get three messages and they're like, Noah, can I be your video editor? And they just send a text message, not text. They like send me an email or they DM me that. And, uh, you know, I'm just like, God, all you had to do is do a little bit. And you would be making six figures. Do you have employees? No, I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt you. Yeah, AppSumo has about 95 people working for it. Uh, so how do you how do you like managing people? So the YouTube team, the content team, so okdork.com, youtube.com slash okdork, uh, which is the video you were on. Um, there's about five people working there. Um, I came back to AppSumo. Uh, you asked me the question, how do I like it? It depends on the, the hour. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for the most part, I feel very lucky. There's these moments. There's these moments, Alan, about once a week where someone does something and I'm like, God, this is so fucking cool because they're smarter than me and they're better than me. Ah. And I feel very lucky to be able to experience them. And, and there's, there's a lot of that. There's other times in the week where there's a lawsuit because someone's wrongfully terminated. There's an, 
there's some stuff, anything with HR related, I, I just tires me out. I don't really, I'm here to like make cool stuff, work with cool people, help our customers. Like that's, that's literally it. It's like work with cool people, promote cool shit, help our customers. <laughs> so you know? well, speaking of which, tell me what you do for kicks. Uh, generally. So today is Monday, October 31st, uh, Tuesday, tomorrow, November 1st, I'm flying to Palm Springs and I'm doing a bike packing trip with my best friend. So we're going to be biking from Palm Springs to Phoenix, Arizona on our bikes. Whoa. So, yeah. So that will be an awesome, I think the other thing too, about that, you asked about managing people. I do think there's a lot of amazing people at AppSumo and sometimes I've, I've thought the more I'm away from the business, the better the business does. Mm. So I think being away for a good five, six days, uh, that's one thing I'm really into yeah, biking. I do boxing. So I take a lot of a decent amount of boxing classes. I follow MMA. Uh, lately, one of my at home, like solo adventures, I'm single and, and, and not uh, no kids. But uh, one of my nighttime things is Legos. I'm pretty, I'm, it's actually really surprisingly like uh, therapeutic. You just, I mean, you like, build, you're building things like buildings and stuff. Yeah. You just like buy the instructions and it's just like, you're not really thinking a lot and you're just kind of like grabbing a piece and you put it on. You're like, eh, kind of cool. And you feel very accomplished versus sometimes in the digital world, it's, just the screen that that you sit at. So there's that. I read. I read. I'm a pretty avid reader. Like I use Goodreads.com/slash Noah Kagan. You can see I rate and read every. I review every single book uh, I've ever read. Are you um? Are you a are you a detail oriented guy? I mean, are you sort of a, an accountant kind of guy there? With uh, every book you read, you got to review. I mean, what does that mean exactly? I also review every movie I've ever watched. Oh, there we go. There we go. I do. Um, I think I'm a balance between my mom and my father. My father was an absolute slob where like his car literally was covered with trash. Like he would eat the, the food while we're driving and just throw it on the ground. <laughs> you're, just, you're like, who fuck it? Who does that? And then my mom for fun, like her favorite thing to do in the world is clean. So she'll, she'll clean her oven a good two, three hours. That's her, that's like her favorite activity to do. And so I think I've kind of ended up somewhere in the middle where I, I prefer a clean house. I prefer uh, organization. I like seeing things with numbers generally or tracking things. Uh, but I think I've done well professionally being kind of more of the spokesperson forward thinker, not always forward thinker, but like in front person. And I do really well with the detailed person supporting it. So like Alona, who's the number two at AppSumo, she's like the day-to-day -day CEO. She's phenomenal. She's does the projects, she does the spreadsheets. Like today we're talking about some budget stuff. I'm like, Alona, here's, here's the high number goal I want. Here's what I think I would do. I need you to come back and solve that. And same with the YouTube channel. Like there's a guy named Jeremy who actually messaged me and worked for free for two weeks. He did Instagram work. He just did our Instagram and he runs the day-to-day -day of the channel. And so that, that kind of balance is what works well for me. Like I can do it, but I work well with someone who can deal with the spreadsheets and, and some of the action items. Uh, do you have any uh, idols? Uh, uh, is there anyone you would point to and say, I really think a lot of this person right now? What am I thinking about now? I don't know, man. Honestly, I'm stressed. So it's hard to think about idols these days. I'm just dealing with like the, our business, like the AppSumo.com oh. business. Wow. Okay. Um, and you know, like the, and I, I, I tend to think the idols that we imagine aren't as good as like people we can actually access. Uh -huh. Like we think, you know, some people will meet me. They're like, you're, I, I admire what you've built at AppSumo or these companies and things you've done. And it's not that I'm not, I think I'm pretty great, but I'm also human. Right. And I, I can't magically solve every problem. And, um, I think I have a lot of great people, you know, I don't know to say idols, but I have people around me that I get to work with that I'm really impressed with. But like some of these idols, like, I don't know, like really idol. I don't, I don't really like when people idolize, even some of these gurus online, people idolize like, Oh my God, you see this video? I'm like, no, I didn't. Cause I don't care. <laughs> I care about like my network of friends and things going on in our lives and like what's actually real to me. Um, I guess historically I've said like my stepfather, I idolized. 
I think he just is like a, a good, good man, right? He's just a good man. Like he, he dealt with my mom, which was a lot, she's, an, you know, a lot for a Jewish woman. And, I, you know, he's an engineer and he worked, he worked hard and he retired at 16 and he did smart investments. And, I, you know, I, I think he's just, it was a good representation of, of how to be a human. And oh, that's that well I, put. That I admire. That's well put. I have two more questions, Noah. Yes, I'll sir. let you go. The first question is this, is a, is a pragmatic one, and that is, uh, where can our listeners go to find out more about you, to read your blog, to read your stuff? Where, where should they yeah. go? I would go to okdork.com. So would you spell that, please? Okdork.com. Okay. Go there, sign up for the newsletter. You can find everything about me and the businesses I'm involved. I'm mostly involved in that and in appsumo.com, which is daily deals for, for solopreneurs and small business owners. Okay. And I, I advise people very much to listen to your podcast, which I find fascinating. Uh, my last question to you is, uh, if you had to give uh, people listening here who are both underdogs and overdogs, all dogs, uh, yeah. what, what kind of advice would you give them right now? I'll give, why don't I give two separate ones? One's for the underdogs and one for the overdogs. Good. <laughs> the overdogs, send me your money so you can become an underdog again, and then I'll help you out. No, no. <laughs> no, no, no I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. For the underdogs, um, I, I did work on this book. That's all the material. It's coming out next year. And it was interesting to kind of reflect on how I, how, on things go. But I, I think for the underdogs, number thing, one thing was this phrase. It's called now, not how. And so if you're an underdog, don't worry about, oh, how do I, just think now, not how. So what, if you're, what's the now, not how moment of that? Like it's the snap. It's the spark right now. Now, now, not how. And just kind of have that phrase in mind. If you're like, you know, I'd want to be a consultant. Now, how do you get a free client? Now, how do you get someone to pay you? Now, how do you, move, like as Alan talks about, move up the value chain? So I was just really thinking about the now moment for that, I think is the real powerful message. I think on the overdog thing, you know, AppSumo's it's been running it 13 years. Uh, this year, we, I think we'll end up doing somewhere around 50 to 60 million net revenue. And it's been declining. Last year, I think we did, last year we did better. But I will give the, so just to give some, you know, I'm trying to give some, a little bit of status or recognition of like, hey, we built this thing. So we have some understanding of how scaled businesses work. I would say one of the special things in business, I'll give you two things for an overdog that have that have been really uh, dramatically helpful in growing our company. Number one, get get an underdog around you. Get a younger person around you. I have, there's some of these younger women and men in the company that just like have so much enthusiasm and new ideas and hustle. And it's like so damn inspiring. So I love having that around in the company, like Jeremy, the producer, there's Mitchell, there's Kellen. There's all these just like really like, you know, 23, 24 year old people that uh have the work ethic and just need the, the guidance and you'll be surprised how much you learn from them. So that's number one is get a, an underdog to work with you. Number two is that if everyone who's in leadership around you, what's, what is their one thing? And this is something we've done more and more of, and it's just been so dramatically helpful where like I go to the finance guy and Kevin and I'm like, Kevin, what's your one thing? And he's like this. And it's like, great, that's it. And that's it. I don't give a shit what else you do. Do whatever the fuck thing you do. Get to the, whatever percent net income is what we're targeting. Uh, or with marketing, amount of new buyers, or with the the product team, a specific conversion rate, or with the sales team, an average revenue per deal. And so dial that exact thing in with each of your key leads and set it and forget it. Call it a day. Uh, no, I've done, um, I don't know, 240, 260 podcasts. And I have to tell you that you have a record here because um, you've used fuck more than all of those <laughs> other podcasts combined. And so that's it's, it's sort of the, the, the 60, oh, 61 home run moment here. Uh, I want to thank you very much for being here, Noah. It's very kind of you. I really admire your work. I know you admire mine. Uh, I love mutual admiration. Well, okay, <laughs> next next time you well, if I'm ever, I probably won't be invited back. But if I'm ever invited back, I'll work on the swearing. That's okay. That's okay. I enjoyed it, and uh, that's why we have editors. Uh, I'm just kidding. It stays in. 
Thanks for being here, Noah. You take care of yourself. Stay well, okay? Thank you, sir. You've been listening to The Uncomfortable Truth with Alan Weiss. For free access to Alan's newsletters, audio and video resources, and for information about his global events and coaching communities, please visit alanweiss.com. Thanks for listening. Keep the faith.